This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's Creature Feature, a spotlight on one of the Wildlife Hospital Dunedin's extra special guests. Well, actually, our extra special guest is Jordana White, a manager of Dunedin Wildlife Hospital, who's been on something of an adventure over the summer. Morena, good to have you with us, Jordana. Morena, thank you. It's good to be back. Let us all into the secret. Where were you uh, for the past couple of months? I was very privileged to spend my summer on the New Zealand sub-Antarctic islands, uh, the Auckland Islands to be specific, um, and it was absolutely fantastic. I saw so many creatures, Jeff. How does an opportunity like that come about? Um, I was asked by Doc to be on the uh, Sea Lion team. So there's a program of work down there every year in the Auckland Islands to um, monitor and tag all of the sea lions in the Auckland Islands. Not all of them, many of them, I should say. Um, and I, I do have experience tagging sea lions through my work as a volunteer with the New Zealand Sea Lion Trust. So I've had that history, that experience. Um, and I also, there's some hoi ho work going on down there as well and I've done some hoi ho field work um, as a volunteer so this is a huge plug for volunteering in a way because <laughs> I spent a lot of time before um, opening the wildlife hospital doing uh, sea lion and hoi ho work. How does one get to and from the Auckland Islands? By boat yep so it's about 36 hours from Bluff on a little sailing vessel called the Evoe is, is the one that we took um, and it bobs around like a cork in the sea so if you're not sure if you get seasick this is a way to find out and <laughs> I can confirm I do get seasick. Oh dear! <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. So you 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 know you wake up in the in that morning you're feeling terrible, and you look out and you see the sea lion colony on the beach uh, on Enderby Island, and it's all worth it. But um, you know a, a wild place, a wild location, wild oceans. Yes, uh, yeah, it's um, about I, th- I would say 450 kilometers south of Bluff, uh, which is the main Auckland island, uh, and then Enderby Island, which is where I was posted most of the summer. Is, is just off to the northeast of the main Auckland Island. You can see the main Auckland Island from Enderby. Um, and yeah, it's it's an, a World Heritage Area, UNESCO World Heritage Area. It's an endemic bird area. It's a nature reserve all uh, operated by DOC. Um, it, there was human occupation there. So Maori were there, um, but not permanently. And then when uh, uh, Europeans came, it was uninhabited when they arrived and, and saw it. Um, but at one point, because we're just so entrepreneurial, it was used as a cattle station. Goodness me. <laughs> don't know how you could survive that. Obviously, not very successful. Terrible place to put a cattle station. <laughs> um, and now it's it's back to this nature reserve. Absolutely fantastic. Yep. And uh, how long were you there? I was there for seven weeks mm. total. So we spent most of our time on Enderby. Uh, and then we went down to Dundas Island, which is a, a, about the size of a rugby field. So pretty tiny uh, and and with lots of sea lions on it. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and then one uh, day down on it even tinier speck of an island called Figure of Eight, which is way, way at the bottom of the main Auckland Island. And the reason for those trips were specifically for the sea lions. And you're working with a small team? Yes, there were five of us on the island. Uh, absolutely great team. We gelled really well together. We had a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of hard work, sometimes some trying conditions depending on the weather and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, if you have the right team, that's all worth it. A few games of cards in the evenings, I imagine. 
We got into, really into New York Times crossword puzzles. Okay. <laughs> so not not so much card <laughs> games, but nerdy word games, which is totally right up my alley. Oh, uh, so, great. Yeah. Um, and just it, we got really lucky with the weather. I think especially in December, we had better weather on Enderby than most of mainland New Zealand had, which is really unexpected. And I think part of – I think other people who have been spent a season in the subs are telling me that it was not a real season because the weather was too good. So normally it's not really known for its good weather. It's very windy and squally most of the the time and we did get some wind but not much rain so it was that was another reason that things were so fun I think for our team because we had really good conditions. All right tell us about the work what was it you primarily doing and did you um, feel as though that that work went well? The main body of work was around sea lions so it is a sea lion team that goes down every year um, that so the there's a the first part of the season is monitoring, so you're monitoring, counting the number of sea lions in the colony. So Enderby Bay has a, a, a really, really well-established um, colony of sea lions, and you're, you're counting the males and what type of males they are, how old they are, essentially their age class, so adults versus sub-adult males. You're counting the number of female sea lions on the beach every day, and then when the pups start arriving, the number of pups. So you're getting a feel for how the how the numbers are tracking against previous seasons. Uh, and then when the time comes, when all of we, we, you think the vast majority of the pups have already been born, then you start the tagging work. So we do that tagging work here in Otago as well. So you're putting flipper tags and microchips uh, into the sea lions so they can be identified and tracked um, as as their life carries on. Um, so we, we tagged and microchipped all of the pups on Enderby, which is the standard program. Um, so that's, you know, takes a few days to crank through that. It's like like a pup assembly line, essentially, getting mm. getting through that. And you really get into a rhythm for it. So it did it did go quite well. We, we, but you know, it takes each team some time to figure out how they how they work best together when doing that work. And it's um, it's it's probably one of the higher risk pieces of work you do because you've got quite a bitey animal and you're trying to get through lots of them so you have to be quite careful obviously and, and watch out for your mates um but yeah that went that went swimmingly went and, really well and uh, i imagine there's still a lot of analysis to do but uh, what can you say about how numbers and so forth are tracking unfortunately i can't actually comment on that at the moment because as you're saying they're crunching the numbers and there will be some reports that come out in the next few weeks um so i i think i'll just say that there weren't it wasn't a massive shock that, you know, anything, nothing either super positive or super negative. So I'll okay. just say that. You will have had your eye out for a number of other creatures as well. Tell us a little yes. bit more about what you saw. Well, it was pretty cool to see a lot of creatures that we actually get at the wildlife hospital as patients out in their this amazingly natural beautiful environment where they can thrive um we i there were there are of course creatures there that we don't have here and that we would never expect to find here there's a lot of endemic um animals to the auckland islands that we would be very strange if we got them here in dunedin although it's not impossible sometimes they do have a little bit of a wander um but some of some of the animals i think that that i will always associate with the Auckland Islands would be, um, one would be the Southern Royal Albatross. So, of course, we have the Northern Royal here, um, but the Southern Royal down there. And I have to be honest with you, Jeff, I don't really, I, I wouldn't be able to detect the difference. I'm sure real bird nerds would be able to tell me immediately what the differences are, and they're probably jumping up and down right now. But um, we did see plenty of those, and it was unusual because we saw them up close. So when we're walking around doing doing our hoi-ho work and our, our surveying work for the sea lions, we would we'd see them quite close, you know, just a few meters away off of the track, which was pretty exciting. And you don't really understand just how big they are until you're just a few meters away from them. I mean, 
actually kind of intimidating (laughs) to see a bird that big that close. Um, There are a few little things. They have Auckland Island teals, little ducks, duck um, creatures, and they're tiny. And you don't, sometimes you hear a weird noise and you go, what is that noise? What is that noise? And you don't realize there's a teal kind of in the the long grass at your feet. They're really tiny and cute. I enjoyed seeing them quite a bit. there's little little birds, uh, f- sort of passerines called pipits, which I had never heard of before I went to the Auckland Islands. So that was a cool little bird to see. And also snipes, um, which you've maybe heard of, but they're just these little um, little flightless birds that y- you almost only ever catch to see the back of their tails because they're so good at evading people. So they're tricky to see, but once in a while you catch a glimpse of one. So that was pretty cool. Um, so those are the ones that we, we wouldn't see at the hospital, but um, certainly um, white-fronted terns, we get those at the hospital from on occasion. Um, everybody knows the red-billed gull, plenty of those. And of course, hoi-ho, fur seals, sea lions, all these sort of animals that we take care of, and um, giant petrels which we do get surprisingly regularly at the wildlife hospital. For a pelagic seabird, we get them fairly frequently. So loads of, of petrels there. Mm. Um, you mentioned um, that there is a slightly different flavor to things if you're seeing these creatures out in, you know, in the places that they live, the places that they would love and prefer to live probably. Yes. Um, how was that for you with someone who, who, who sees you know the impacts of man in many cases on these animals? Yeah, it was fantastic. I, I especially I, I think I appreciated so much the abundance of, of each of these species because you, you aren't just seeing one, you're seeing lots and you're seeing them all over the island, which is great. And also being able to witness so much of the life cycle, um, not just seeing one individual in in uh, you know in a hospital enclosure, but seeing them as we, we saw eggs, we saw chicks, we saw big fluffy chicks in their awkward teenage stage. We saw, you know, adults flying around. We saw so much of that because it is an, a rather untouched place. There's not a lot of human visitation. And so when you're, they're not hiding away these animals. We're, we, we're lucky that they, they, they stick around when we're there, um, but they're quite, you know, we, we'd walk by nests for many of these birds all the time and get to see all of these things. So that was pretty exciting for me just to, to know, oh, it's, 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 um, you're, it almost felt like a safari, to be honest, like we're just in it, just right there in it with them. And that, that was an absolute privilege. So it was, it was really cool. I think seeing the, um, Petrel chicks, the northern, the the giant northern petrel chicks, was really exciting for me um, because they're they look like I don't know, like baby pterodactyls or something, and they make crazy noises when you walk by them. And um, they weren't really that fussed, you know. They they tolerated us pretty well, and that that was exciting. We had there was one area where we had to walk through to get to to a hoi ho um, nesting area where there, it was just a circle of giant petrel nests all around us. And we, we called it Petrol Wonderland because it just, everywhere you look, there's a giant petrol chick. I imagine you might have had some sense of your own vulnerability going into a, a territory like that. It, interestingly, it was, worried, it was more the anticipation of it when I realized, oh, that, that boat's dropping us off and, and leaving. And that's it. We're on our own. So that you kind of feel, you understand the stakes are quite high. Um, there's no rescue coming anytime soon if something happens. So you do tight, you kind of do tighten up your sense of risk um, naturally. But then I, I felt once, once the boat was actually gone, I didn't, didn't feel that strange about it. It was just more being mindful of, of 
the health and safety stuff, I know people say, oh, this health and safety has gone mad or whatever. But in this case, you really do need to think about it all of the time. You really have to think about the risks so and act accordingly. Um, but I actually very, very quickly grew to love the isolation and just absolutely enjoyed it. I just reveled in it. It was so lovely to be down there and to have that proper break from society and humanity and, and just be completely ensconced by nature and and really has rejuvenated me for the work that I do at the Wildlife Hospital and in conservation in general because you see this is what it should be like and we need to we we can probably get things in Dunedin and Otago and New Zealand back closer to this than we ever have been before. You'd go again in a minute by the sound of it. And a heartbeat. Mm. Yeah. And is that likely? I, you know, I don't know. I'm treating it as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity because that's probably what it is. Um, but it, if I'm asked to go back, I will I will do it, whatever I can to go back. Just briefly, Jordana, of course, you've been away through the, the, the summer holiday season as far as the hospital's concerned. How have things been going there? Very busy this summer. It was interesting to, to see the communication go back and forth while I was away. Um, it, over the the holiday season, that sort of Christmas, New Year period, typically we do have a bit of a lull at the hospital, which is who knows why. Don't know, probably because a lot of people are away at Christmas and not finding injured animals. Um, but it was, it was busy all, all through the summer. And in particular, we've had a lot of red-billed gulls and penguins of all species. Loads of penguins coming in with predator injuries at the moment, um, either barracuda or shark or dog. Uh, and that's, that's been nonstop all summer. Mm, okay. What an adventure. Great to catch up with you, Jordana, and through the rest of 2023, we'll be talking about, uh, more specifically about, some of the, the creatures that uh, that are brought in and visit the Dunedin Wildlife Hospital and uh, learn about them and learn about the ways that we can support the work of the hospital as well. Um, great to have you back. I know you're still adjusting. Yes, <laughs> it may be a while. <laughs> but uh, hey, you can get a decent cup of coffee here anyway. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.